0: true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's first reading tells the story of the calling of Israel's first prophet, Samuel. Samuel's mom was Hannah, and before his birth, Hannah was barren for many years. One year she went before the presence of the Lord in the sanctuary at Shiloh and vowed that if God would give her a son, she would dedicate him to the service of God with the priests at Shiloh. Now all of this is unfolding before the establishment of the monarchy, before David and Solomon and the establishment of the temple in Jerusalem. At this time in Israel's history, the sanctuary at Shiloh was the home of the Ark of the Covenant, that beautiful chest of wood that contained the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Even more, the Ark presented the very presence of God in the midst of God's people. So God is not distant, not uninterested in human affairs. God is near, personal, seeking relationship. Hannah's prayers are answered and she gives birth to a son and in response, she returns to Shiloh, sings a song rejoicing, my heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. There is no holy one like the Lord no one besides you, there is no rock like our God. And true to her promise, when Samuel grows up a bit, he's still a young boy, his mother brings him to Eli and to the other priests at Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant is, the presence of God. Samuel is dedicated to the service of the Holy One and he will play a role in the building up of God's people, building them up in knowledge and love of the Lord. And our reading tells us that Samuel is ministering to the Lord under the tutelage of Eli. And that, did you catch this? The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. With the word of the Lord uncommon, and truth-telling, insight, sparse, Israel is facing a crisis in their national life. Eli's vision is growing dim, and this call narrative, this calling of Samuel, it's unfolding in the dark of the night. But we hear that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel is lying down in the temple close to the ark. He's staying close to the presence. Now the lamp of God is the candle which burns near the ark. It was lit every evening and extinguished with the morning light. This was to remind Israel that the light shines in the darkness. God is near, personal, seeking relationship. Even in the midst of a national crisis, in the days when the word of the Lord is rare and truth relativized near to extinction, there is reason to hope. Because the darkness cannot swallow up the burning light of God's long-suffering and redemptive love. Out of this love, God has called people by name to his service before, and God is not done yet. Facing crisis, God calls. The Lord who is near and present in the sanctuary at Shiloh calls Samuel by name. Relationship is kindled. Samuel doesn't yet know what to do with this. He's just a boy. But he's given wise counsel by Eli. When you hear your name called, respond, speak Lord. Your servant is listening. God calls the first in what will be a long line, a long and prodigious line of Israel's prophets in the midst of a national crisis. The call is personal, the work will be for the sake of the people and for the life of the world. In the darkness of night, on January 27, 1956, in the midst of a crisis in this nation, a phone call came to Martin Luther King, Jr. in Atlanta, Georgia. The caller, who had succumbed to darkness, succumbed to the evil of white supremacy, whispered not his name but a contemptuous, racist term. and goes on to say, we're tired of you and your mess now. And if you're not out of this town in three days, we're going to blow your brains out and blow up your house. King later admitted after this call He said, I was ready to give up. With my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing a coward. But in this devastating moment, King finds strength in a newfound faith. That night of January 27th, after the phone call that threatened his family, he realized that even though he was a pastor, his faith was much more brittle than he'd imagined. Growing up in a religious household, King's father and grandfather both were ministers. He believed that his faith would be automatically conveyed from generation to generation, like a surname or a favorite watch. He said it was kind of inherited religion, And I never felt an experience of God in the way that you must if you're going to walk the lonely paths of this life. But the rumors and the whispers and the threats forced King to his knees, forced King to his knees before the ark of God's presence. He had to draw near, like Samuel draw near to the lamp of God in the midst of deep darkness in a season when the word of the Lord was rare. And in a moment of revelation that night, King heard the voice of God resolutely speaking to him, calling him by name, providing him new purpose and strength in those dark hours. King says that at that moment, I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even unto the end of the world. Even though he was a minister, like Samuel, he was ministering before the Lord, but this was the first time that he had his own intimate encounter with the living God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Martin, stand up for truth. The call is personal. The work will be for the sake of the people and for the life of the world. Facing crisis, God calls. Twelve years later, on the last Sunday before his assassination, Martin Luther King delivered a sermon from the pulpit of the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., in which he proclaimed, one day we will have to stand before the God of history. And with this faith, we'll be able to hew out of the mountains of despair, the stone of hope. With this faith, we'll be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Friends, with Samuel in the sanctuary at Shiloh, with Nathaniel under a fig tree in Galilee, And with Martin at his kitchen table in Atlanta, we come today before the living God who confronts crisis with calling. In the midst of darkness, the lamp of truth burns, and darkness will not overcome it. The light of the crucified and living Christ comes to us this morning in word, in sacrament. He is the one calling us each by name. He is the one who has drawn near and stretched out his arms on the hardwood of the cross so that he might transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Yes, even draw the whole world to himself. The word of the Lord does not want to be rare in these days. Christ wants to come to life in you and in me. He wants us to listen to his promise to be with us always, even to the end of the ages. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth and you will shine with the radiance of his glory. He calls you by name respond in this way. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.